0: So back in 1993, um, 25 years ago, it seems to be a figure that's kind of gone, reverberated from the front a few times today, Fran and I and our young family got this wonderful opportunity to, to pastor this wonderful church called Birkenhead Harvest, which has morphed and planted and grown and shrunk and all sorts of things have happened over various times into what is today Shore Vineyard Church, 10 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock at night. And uh, it's been a wonderful journey. And so we thought we'd take just three Sundays here in February, which is the month where, where it all started, um, just to reflect back on, but more to project really into the future of what God may be doing. And so it's not in our intention to be a sort of a sentimental or even a nostalgic look, um, but a passing on of what we feel like God has done with us. And, and, and also to pray together that great vineyard prayer of more Lord um, and to tie in with our. Our theme of the year, really, which is um, um, your kingdom come, you know, in our church today. So, so I trust that last week, if you weren't here, it's on our website. You may like to listen. Um, and this week and next week, this will be helpful, not as a retrospective, but certainly as a, a looking forward into the future. And so today, Fran and I are going to share uh, the responsibilities up the front. She's going to kick us off, and then I'm going to come in at the end. So why don't you come out? This is my best mate.
1: Well, it it feels interesting to to stand here. And I thought, you know, I just really want to stand here. Because in the time that I've been a Christian and in the the years that I've been in church, some things have changed for women. I'm allowed to stand here. I'm allowed to speak. I'm allowed to teach. I'm allowed to wear my trousers. (laughs) I wore them on purpose because once upon a time I was told I wasn't allowed to wear trousers because they were men's clothes. And I, was, and I said to that pastor, well, you couldn't wear my trousers because <laughs> they're women's. <laughs> I defy any man to wear my trousers. <laughs> um, I've got my dangly earrings on because once upon a time I was told that I shouldn't even have my ears pierced. And I've got my necklace on because once upon a time I was told that women shouldn't wear chains around their neck and all of the weird theology that went with that. Total rubbish. So so we're going to have a little bit of a look back. But boy, I am so glad to be standing here in this year, 2018, and to be free to do the things that I can do and for other women to do them too. So, last week, Vic gave you a little bit of a um, rundown, a a retrospective, and he he did it from the point of view of sports and politics, but I'm going to do it in hairstyles and clothing trends. Um, But don't worry, I'm not going to cover them all, because it could take a really long time, so we'll just stick with sort of the most outstanding, embarrassing ones. So, uh, maybe if we could have the first slide up. Ah, the 90s. (laughs) Um, Oh, dear. Well, actually, this is the 80s, technically. So, um, Nicole Kidman and her corkscrew curls had a lot to answer for, let me tell you. The expensive and uh, long procedure to create that look in my own hair. I'm there with my sister. Fortunately, you can really only see the side view of me because probably full face is just too frightening. Um, All that hair. Um, Honestly, the permanent wave, two things. It wasn't permanent and it certainly wasn't a wave. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, let's flip to the next one. Um, Yeah, there you go. Can't go far wrong with a classic, Bob, right? What a relief. So the bear midriff might have been 90s swag, but let me tell you, for someone who's had twins and two other children, the bear midriff wasn't happening. Um, and everybody can be grateful for that, I'm sure. It was a time of chunky jumpers, not necessarily for me in that shot, but chunky jumpers, chunky shoes, acid-washed jeans. Um, the boys, as you can see, all had the bowl cut, and uh, the baby, Georgia, well, she had no hair to speak of, so it didn't really matter. Um, It was a time of untucked tees, although actually, oh, I can see Joel. He's got a T-shirt tucked in that used to result in a sort of round of insults from the other members of the family that that was not cool, but that wasn't the language they used. (laughs) Um... By the time our twin boys had reached high school, the um, mufti was sort of off the table. You couldn't just wear whatever you wanted. The The transition from the school polo short and, uh, shirt and shorts had gone from sort of vaguely voluntary to sort of optional to actually a requirement. That was quite a big transition over those years. By the time my twins got to high school and I, I went to buy their school uniform, um, in the school uniform shop, shop, I was offered a chair when the school uniform shop lady said to me, "Um, that will be $900, thank you. (laughs) And the oxygen just sucked out of the room. Every mother in the place went... (gasps) And I heard myself bleating, it's okay, it's twins. (laughs) Although it probably cost $900 just to put one kid in uniform at high school these days. Um... Sports in our house around that time was a case of first-up best-equipped. I can recall one memorable day, which um, Angela Bell may remember, standing on the soccer sideline up at Whangaparoa, somewhere on the coast. And um, uh, Mark and her son Mark, my son Elliot, in the same team, Elliot jogs out onto the field with a bit of a limp because most of his sprigs were missing. I don't know where they went, but it was like Quasimodo running about out there. And then he had this weird thing going on with one of his legs – And we were kind of peering at it going, what is that? Well, there was a shortage, it appears, of shin pads, so he had Velcroed to his shin a um, skateboarding knee pad. looked like he had a dinner plate under there. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't... We we start every season with the right amount of equipment. I don't know where it goes, but I suspect it's the same place as the socks. (laughs) And if anybody can answer that question, well, that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? All right. Well, we're not really here to joke about those kinds of things, but it is kind of fun. Um, 25 years since we became pastors of the church that would become Shore Vineyard, this worshipping community that you're part of or maybe uh, deciding whether it might be your church home. When I Googled average length of tenure, the options before I even finished the search terms popped up in that little drop-down menu as of CEO of pastor, of youth pastor. That tells you something right there, I think. <laughs> S- average length of tenure for pastors in some churches is three to four years. That's quite predominant it seems. The Baptists are claiming 8.82. They're very specific. Uh, there was a thing that popped up that just looked terrifying that I was too scared to look at that said the dangerous third year of pastoral tenure. I <laughs> like, well, I'm not even looking at that. Ancient history, whatever that was, I don't even remember it. And uh, there was a bunch of research around the um, relationship between the longevity of the pastor and the health of the church. So I'm glad to stand here uh, with Vic, not as survivors of pastoral ministry, but as thrivers. That feels like a good place to be. That's not to say there haven't been painful and challenging times. There have. And ours have been no different to yours. Um, in many cases, ours and yours have been the same. We've shared them. And some have been just ours and some have been just mine. Do you think I never asked myself why I would get up in the morning on a rainy day in the middle of winter and head to a cold and drafty school hall with three kids and a baby? Of course I asked myself that question. The answer to it isn't because, well, I got paid to. Because I didn't. And even if I did get paid, it wouldn't make it any easier to do that in the morning. There are some things money can't really compensate for, I feel. (laughs) So we all struggle with aspects of faith and church life. And to be honest, a rainy, cold winter morning is small potatoes compared with the true struggles of faith and church life, which are probably the real reasons that we don't want to come. It's really the rain, if we're honest. So in this next short little bit of time, I'd like to share with you something that has shifted for me or an awareness I've come to over the last quarter of a century of walking with God in this faith community, the Vineyard Tribe, and what the More Lord prayer means to me. So if we could have the next slide, Owen. Dendrochronology. That's my new word. I learned it the other day watching Country House Restoration, which I love, by the way. It's the science of telling time using tree rings, which I kind of knew about, but it was just really amazing watching this guy drilling into a, um, a window frame and pulling out this core of wood, kind of analysing the tree rings and going, oh yeah, this house was built in the summer of 1530. It's like, that blew my mind. It was amazing. So the science of dendrochronology is incredible and it, it works either in a core sample or with a slice of a tree have a slice of a tree right here. It's not actually a target. It is a slice of a tree. And it's not the trunk. This is a pruned bough, which Kirk and Waymond uh, trimmed off a Pahutakawa tree, I believe, and it then became the wedding cake stand for one of my sons. But there you can see all the tree rings. The skinny little rings are the lean years of growth, times of drought, dryness, Shortage of nutrients and the wide rings are the ones where there's plentiful rainfall, access to light, good nutrients in the soil. And you can also see from the diagram up here that it also shows scars. Trees tell a whole story of their life just in those um, slices there. The Bible offers us this metaphor of ourselves as trees. And it's so evocative, I think, of longevity, of tenacity. Even the tree which has suffered terribly lost all its leaves and appears dead. In Job chapter 14, it says, Even that tree at the scent of water, the scent of water, will put forth leaves. So what's the scent of water? It's dampness in the dry, I think. It's the mossy, wet smell of earth and leaf matter when you're in the bush. It's the smell of hot concrete after a drenching downpour, and we've had quite a bit of that lately. Um, The scent of water is enough for the dry tree. Maybe we could have the next slide on. And what does this even mean for us? I think it's... It's that we can't fall out of God's love. And I know that some of you have heard me say that. But, you know, the water is there. And even if we can't find it, the scent of it is enough to keep us going. We might be dry, but it doesn't mean we're done for. Like you, I've had lush years and lean years. A slice of my tree would reveal the truth to you, the dendrochronologists, that when you look past the leaves and the bark and the flowers and whatever fruit there might be, to the heart of me, there is life and God is at the center of it. You can see the lean and you can see the fat, but what you will also see is growth, always something. And that growth in a tree is seen in its expansion. And I love this idea of expansion. I don't relate at all to the idea of towering above other people. I I, I just don't. And the idea that I might be competing with you for light or nutrients, that doesn't seem right either. And, of course, I know trees do that, but every metaphor breaks down at some point, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, I think that we get an equal share of the warmth of God's love and the the light of Jesus' presence. We don't have to compete with one another for it. So this reality of ourselves, perhaps, even as a grove of beautiful trees. So if you maybe pop that next image up, Owen. I really like this awareness that I have expanded, that I have capacity for more that the growing edges of me cover so much more ground than I would have imagined and now include areas that in earlier years I would have shrunk back from or withheld myself from. But growth does that to you. It makes you bigger, stronger, but not in an exerting power kind of strength, but in a withstanding sort of strength. I don't feel so... ...easily knocked around as I used to be. And it's not because I've become hard. I think I've developed resilience and strength... ...that the expanding rings have allowed me to have greater stability. I can withstand storms. There's an absence of anxiety... ...about things that used to seem so important... ...and now I just don't even care about. It's a growth that I'm finding is really inclusive... And this growth can't be hurried. It's taken 55 summers and winters, as of Thursday last week, to come to this. And I'd love for us to think of ourselves as a grove of trees like this. There's so much life in a grove, even in death. And in the past 12 months, we've lost two of our beautiful totara, Derek, Sara and Gay Edwards. Gay and I shared deeply for some years because I was her spiritual director. I can't tell you really specifics of those conversations, but what i what I can say is that in meeting with her as someone who was significantly older than me, and in meeting with others of my clients who are who are actually full-on elderly, what I see and what I witness is that growing is forever, that as our physical powers diminish, our spiritual growth can continue on as we remain open to the possibilities in God growth on the inside is where it counts to spring up fast and tall to flower profusely can but only last a season or two is not the image of spiritual growth that God offers us and i've learned that growth is a collaboration between me and God there's a lovely rendition of romans 8:28 uh, which says that r- rather than you know God works all things together for good That sense of working and God and those are called according to God's purposes has to do with collaboration. God collaborates with us. God collaborates with me. It's not just a download that happens magically, but that God and I work together in the transforming of me, and I really like that. I collaborate in relationship. I'm not collaborating with rules. I collaborate with love, and love collaborates with me, which leads me to the More Lord prayer, which is kind of a uniquely vineyard prayer, but I think lots of others have picked it up, and I think that's great. So More Lord is what we ask when we see the Lord doing something wonderful, and we just ask for more of that. More Lord, though, isn't a prayer of greed. It's a prayer of blessing. It's not a prayer of power, it's a prayer of presence. We don't ask, actually, for more of God's power. We prefer to ask for more of God's presence. Because our understanding is that you can't have one without the other. Where God is present, there God's power is. But we prefer to seek God's face rather than God's hand. When we encounter God's personal presence... His power to transform us is just naturally available. So, more of your presence, Lord. More of your love, Lord. Vineyard has, in the years of our involvement, not only seen a renewal in things like heartfelt worship restored to the church. Call us mystics, I say. Quite unembarrassed about that. Um, But the Vineyard has also been involved in a deep exploration of the Father heart of God, which Kirk touched into just now. This was and is transformative for many, many people. The reality that the baptism announcement of the Father over the Son, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, is the baptism announcement over all of us. Jesus made a way for us all to be under that banner and that announcement. You are the beloved of God. So More of your love, Lord. When we're praying with someone, they're encountering the love of God, the outpouring of grace and mercy. We can pray more, Lord. More of that. You can never have too much. We can't be spoiled by too much of God's love. More, Lord, is the prayer we pray when we seek a move of healing. Healing is tied in with the kingdom reign of Jesus, which began at the incarnation. God came to us in Jesus. And the kingdom of God arrived. It's here, it's begun, but it's still to come in its fullness. And the return of the king will bring the full reign of God. But nevertheless, the king is still enthroned. What's available in the kingdom can still be asked for. Healing is in there. And not only healing, but the reign of God signals love and peace and justice, provision, stability. Inclusion of outcasts, joy, health, care of the planet, and everything that is other than human. These are all areas that need healing. More of these, Lord. More, Lord, is what we pray when someone is being comforted by God. When the lie they've believed about themselves is exposed. When the wounds they've sustained from injustice are attended to by love. When the judgment's pronounced upon them by the world, by the church, by their family, by themselves, by others, when those judgments are pronounced null and void by God, we pray, more, Lord. What this is, is interior freedom. God's love and more of it leads not to license, but to liberty. And it begins on the inside and rolls out towards others. So if we could have our symbol, Owen, it'd be great. I love this. I think it expresses everything I've just been talking about. God is not at the top or at the bottom or out of the picture somewhere, but right at the centre. The centre of us, the centre of everything, the centre of me, the centre of my tree. And in moving towards God... I'm moving closer to others, and others are as well. We're on the same journey. When we're journeying towards God, we move closer to one another. It's just the most wonderful thing that moving towards others, we're close to God. Moving towards God, we're closer to others. And then it just rolls back out again. We take all of what we've received and what we know out towards a hurting world. And all I can say to that is, more, Lord.
0: She is good. She's taught me a few things over the years. I've got to, I have got to say. And there you go. What a, what a, what a great learning. I, I just want to conclude, uh, bring us towards a conclusion. We want to pray more, Lord, today. Um, and and maybe in any of those areas that Fran's been talking about, you know, we would all theoretically want more, Lord. But I wonder what He wants to do in love or in healing or whatever it might be. And so just just um, begin to open yourself, or, or or continue to open yourself as we go through along the way. I was thinking, you know, you're thinking 25 years is a long time, of course, and so you have got lots of experiences and lots of times. and 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 this this illustration came to me this week, which which may which may be genius or it may be absolutely a waste of time, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because it makes me laugh. And um, there was this family in our church, or a couple in our church. They were a family. They're not here anymore, and I'm not going to say who it was. It's a bit embarrassing for the guy, but. But he would tell you if he was here, so I can, I can tell the story. So when he met his wife, and they're sort of our, our kind of age, so it was a long time ago, when he met his wife, she was his girlfriend, and it was um, Valentine's Day, which, of course, we've had this week. Um, and, um, and so he, he decided to buy her some flowers, is what you do, I guess, for your girlfriend on Valentine's Day. And, um, so it, but it was his first girlfriend. And so, he, so on the way to buy the flowers, he had this stroke of genius, And the stroke of genius is why would you buy fresh flowers when you could buy plastic flowers? (laughs) Stroke of genius, right? Because my love is longer than this, you see, and so you can see this for longer. Now, 50% of you understand why you wouldn't, and 50% of you think, I agree with the plastic, but I'm not going to say right here. And so, of course, he did, because he didn't have a, anybody else or any experience to tell him this, that this was, this was not right. And um, so he arrived, and he knew in an instant that he had made this incredible faux pas, you see, because you don't buy plastic flowers for your, if there are any men, young men, you know, kind of potential men, uh, all those sorts of things here. You buy fresh flowers for some reason. And I was thinking about this thing <laughs> today. Bizarre, eh? So I was thinking about this thing during the week, and it it just occurred to me, you know, one of the tricks that we have to, that God is on this great journey with is discovering what's really important. So sometimes it's not as obvious as you think. It's not only kind of getting the words in the right direction, but it's getting the heart in the right direction as well. It's not only kind of having the, the structures and, you know, you start on time and you, you do all of the right things at the right time. It's actually getting the, the essence of, of who and what we are. To me, that's the more Lord. That's the, it's kind of easy to sing four – well, it's, it's not that easy, but it's, it's kind of easy to pull together a, a worship team and to sing four songs and, and more or less in tune and things like that. But it's kind of easy <laughs> – to pull together a sermon. You know, I mean, for goodness sake, in 1993, there was no internet. I mean, now, now you can just download, you know, kind of the best sermons on more, Lord, you know, kind of at the click of a button. But the heart journey that God is doing with us is the one that is really important, the one that is really significant. And I think in the context of of this morning, of week two of our journey, of our three weeks, that is my kind of five cents worth to add to, you know, kind of the the more substantial input that Fran has had this morning. It is really important for us as we go for this more Lord thing to be developing and growing the whole heart of what God is wanting to do in our lives. And hopefully as we look forward from whatever age we are, even if you're one of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, somebody who is retired and and in a sense feels like more of your life is behind you than is in front of you, or if you're of our sort of age, or if you're you're young and, and, and still have so much of your life that you'd see ahead of you. That is something that God is going to lead you through um, as you go through from here. So why don't you stand with me? And um, I wonder if um, Janelle and, and 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 musicians or Andre, you can kind of coordinate. It'd be, it'd be great if you could just play um, in the background. I'm, I'm not sure that we're going to sing at this point, but and we're going to ask more, Lord. So friend, do you want to come up with me and we'll pray and ask God for more? And so so we're we're just going to. We're just going to see what he does this morning. and And we may well have some sense that he's doing more in a particular area, but but really this is our invitation for you to stretch into what God has for you. It may be it may be incredibly obvious, or it may be more subtle, but I think there's something that God has for us today as we stand here, whoever we are whether we've been here for 25 years or whether it's the first time, whether we're, you know, kind of even a believer or not. And so, Jesus, we ask you to come and walk in our midst. You know, quite often over the years I've had this sense where, you know, as we would stand here, you know, in the churches in Revelation, Jesus sort of walked among the pews, it seems to me, you know, and... And it feels to me like this morning that Jesus would walk among us and and, and almost be physical with us, you know, kind of almost just come, rest a hand on a shoulder or rest a hand on a, a hurting part. It could be your heart. It could be a physical part of your body. And be here and present. Would you come, Jesus, and walk among us and bring your touch? And we say, Would you come and heal us broken hearts? We say more, Lord. presence. Come. I feel like there are some people here, um, because we've been around a long time, this may not be a phrase that some people have heard, but it's like, you know, the hard to reach, I not remember the phrase exactly, but, you know, kind of there's, there's the hard people for God to reach, you know, kind of because there's the, there's the fluffy people who, you know, kind of are emotional and sensitive, and that looks like God's reaching them, but there are other people, you know, kind of that are hard to reach. It's almost like a, I don't want to say a curse, but it's sort of like a spoken, it's been spoken over people sometimes. And I, I feel like God is speaking to you if you feel like you have been one of those people who's almost been pigeonholed is you, you know, you're not as spiritual, you're not as Christian as others. And I feel like he wants just to just to well just reassure you that you are spiritual and you are Christian and to ease alongside you in that process. So God, would you come? And you you may still not feel anything, but it's an encouragement and a reassurance that the presence of God is close to you and with you, and the blessing of God is here on you.
1: like to pray more, Lord, for those who are in the dry and skinny year, where it feels like it's a drought. I pray for the scent of water to become more than the scent of water. I pray more awareness for the one who is dry to become attuned to the scent of water and to know that while they might be dry, they're not done. So more of you in the lean and dry place, Lord God. And for those who are in the the time of, because it's a growing season. So we bless that growth. And we welcome both that the skinny year and the fat year all show up in the growth ring. Thank you, Lord. More of that, Lord. And for the one who perhaps needs more of your comfort, Lord, for the lie, whatever it is, that has lodged in the, in the heart or deep in their soul, Whatever it was that's been said over and over, whoever says it, even you, we say more
0: sense of that forest fire thing I don't know if you n- Fran pointed it out but the scar on the inside of the tree really that went back from the forest fire and feel that maybe you know there are people who are in the middle of a fire but God's encouragement is that there is there are rings yet that are going to come and that scar will still be there if somebody cuts it and you see a cross section but there is you know there is life beyond that experience of the forest so. just during the service, I mean, before we started singing, I just kept having this verse, verse, like a poem going through my head, and it was like, it just said, hope um, birthed in death will bring despair, but hope birthed in life will bring repair. And I just really felt that some people have got this hope of like, and it's just not being answered, this prayer that's just not coming true. And it's because it's been birthed in death. You haven't given it over to God and asked Him to actually breathe life into that. And the reason for not bringing life into it is because you feel that you don't deserve the outcome of that hope. But God has brought more. He has brought life. And life is not dependent on how good you are as a person or how good you are in what you do. Your prayers are answered because of what He has done for you. So we're going to close and, and sing Spirit Breakout, and just want to encourage you just to engage and continue to engage with the things of God. If you've um, found your seat again, that's fine if you'd like to stand, but let's let's worship together. Next Sunday, um, we'll be sharing again for the, the third and the final time in the connection with our 25 years, but it's just been such a privilege to be able to share some of those ideas. I hope that these are things that are relevant and significant both in your walk of faith and, and and indeed in your life as we go ahead uh, into this week. God bless you with that. Um, Tonight we have a service at 6 o'clock. If you'd like to come along, our associate pastor Calvin will be leading that service and speaking. And um, uh, the little guy with Barney on this T-shirt, he will be leading worship, Elliot, our son. And um, so that's a pretty exciting thing for us as well as part of our story. So God bless you, and um, let's sing and worship together. Thanks, Andre.